Look, this thing might be bigger than even we think it is. You need an upgrade to the soundtrack to your life. Perhaps a song from a film or a tune from TV. My name is Gap. Exploding Head Movies is here to give you sounds from the cinema, along with the songs that will be defining your future, and those forgotten classics that need a little rescue. p.m. on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. Put me on the spot there, Kurt. Anyways, my name is Gak, and I'll be filling in for the Soul Ship Enterprise, leading us towards Exploding Head Movies at 7 o'clock. So you're going to have three hours of my voice here. And of course, based on uh, the news from last night, uh, there's only really one way to start the show. Well, there is one way with multiple paths, but uh, let's go back to 1970. as we remember how things work here. Bear with me. his friend which came as some surprise I spoke into his eyes I thought you died alone a long long time ago
with the title track to his third album. That was David Bowie with a song that wasn't that big in North America when it first was released back in 1970. But ever since then, Nirvana did a cover for MTV Unplugged in 1994. That song added to his already impressive repertoire. And at one point, the original singer and songwriter had hoped to work with Kurt Cobain in one way because he thought he did a very heartfelt cover of his song. But, of course, Cobain passed away very early on in 1994. And, of course, that person just died as well, too. So that was David Bowie with The Man Who Sold the World. A late swap that we had to do here on the original show since uh, we were trying to start it up a little bit more upbeat, but naturally, real life has a way of complicating things, and we can go from there. I'll talk a little bit more about David Bowie once uh, my show properly kicks in, but uh, for those of you just tuned in, my name is Gak. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver, broadcasting here from unceded Musqueam Territory from the Student Nest here on UBC campus. We broadcast online at www.citr.ca. Normally you experience the wonders that is the Soul Ship Enterprise at this time. But some things happen at this point, and uh, I believe Rob will be back next week. Uh, they had a bit of a farewell show for uh, the other guy, and I hate to say I forgot his name. I think it was either Darren or Chris, but... Expect a new iteration of the Enterprise. They'll upgrade some things. Still expect quality soul jazz. And at one point I wanted to start off with that, but... Mm, might have to do that for another fill-in. But yeah. Normally I host Exploding Head Movies, which comes after Soul Ship Enterprise at 7pm. So for the next uh, two hours and a bit, or more than a bit, just shy of three hours, you'll have me... Phone number for the station, those of us live at 604 822 to keep it short and sweet to the point. You can email me anytime, radiofreegack at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at 100air. And yeah, try to figure out what the uh, next three or so hours will mean. And normally my focus is on soundtracks and whatnot. So once 7 o'clock rolls around, I'll explain a little bit more what's going on. But uh, if you count the Golden Globes, uh, the big winner was The Revenant. So we'll look at some of the music from that score. Because it is not up for an Oscar. And I'll explain the weird rules at play. What's involved with that later on in the show. But yeah, the nominations will be announced this Thursday. Otherwise, in the background here, since it is now 2016, uh, I've been trying to look for music associated with pop culture from film, TV, or video games otherwise. This one sort of fits into TV, but from a Japanese standpoint. From the soundtrack to the end of Evangelion from 1997, this is Shiro Sugiso with Heisoku Makakadai, which translates from Japanese as Expansion of Blockade. And the significance is for that part of the Neon Genesis Evangelion series, uh, which somehow translates there, and I wish they kind of brought that over to English uh, as gospel for a new century. Um, third impact occurs on December 31st, 2015, so 2016 falls in line with the aftermath of what's uh, the latest alien visit in that world. And there is a whole bunch of series and films in conjunction with the world of Neon Genesis Evangelion. 
very melancholic, dramatic stuff. But uh, the significance of the ideas of gospel are that uh, there's some heavy religious iconography that's used in the anime series. So the point sort of explores a lot of the Christian, Buddhist, Shinto, Jewish, I'm trying to remember the full scope of the uh, motifs and icons used there. So, for this extra long episode, uh, which somehow nicely lines up, but uh, we'll be close to my 8th anniversary here on CITR. Towards 8.15 or so, we'll dip into a profile on a score that's actually, yeah, as I talked about, The Revenant. So uh, there'll be three composers in Planet there. It's Ryushi Sakamoto, Alva Noto, and Bryce Destner. So we'll talk some material involving them. A little bit of solo work on two of their parts. Um, the Sakamoto portion will be limited, since I did a recent profile on Japanese composers a few couple months ago. We can check on the Exploding Head Movies website at citr.ca. But uh, for the first hour or so, we'll tint uh, the Enterprise experience here with uh, some dance music, though. More long form here. Before we dissect uh, one famous song whose name is associated with this time of year. Hopefully uh, you're not too glum right now based on what's happened with... Uh, as everyone recognizes the shock of losing David Bowie. Uh, so we'll start off with some local connections with ties to Europe. We'll just sort of build things up a bit here. Let's get your Monday evening rolling nicely. Concubine. It's the project by ex-Vancouver producer Noah Pred, and he runs the Thoughtless label based in Toronto. But he's been based in Berlin as of late, so with his neighbor, the Australian DJ Rick Bull, otherwise known as Deep Child, uh, they mix a wide range of genres on their self-titled debut, which is available as a free download via their Bandcamp. I originally first heard this song as a dub version by the XLR8R blog a couple months ago, but let's listen to the original version from their album. So this will be Concubine here with Lux End. You're on a supersized edition of XHM, Exploding Head Movies. Just remember to pull up to the second window. CITR, 101.9 FM in Vancouver.
up your winter with multiple Juno Award winner Alex Cuba as he supports his new album, Healer. Co-presented by K-Meek and the Blue Shore Centers, Alex Cuba will be at the K-Meek Center in West Van on February 6th, performing at 8. Visit alexcuba.com for tickets and for more information.
From last year's Dnepper underscore Vancouver 1.0 compilation through the Reclaim Your City label. That was the automatic message with Perihelion. If you're curious, that's an astronomical term for the nearest approach any object, be it planet, moon, or comet, has to the sun. And the automatic message are the duo of Vancouverites Trevor Jacobson and Tanya Gehring. You combine techno, experimental, and jazz percussion together with dark visuals. And in 2014, they curated the first annual Vancouver International Music Video Festival called Render. Meanwhile, with regards to the Dnepr Vancouver 1.0 compilation, it's part of a series of that label's own mixes. So what Reclaim Your City does is uh, they combine artists from two different regions. And in this case, uh, our terminal town was paired with a series of towns along the Dnepr River in Ukraine. So it offers a little bit of connective tissue in the form, I guess, geographically of ports and water, as various techno acts are highlighted. So for my show, Exploding Hemming, I might share some other tracks off that compilation later on in the year. And behind me, very liquidy at first, uh, it was Kurt Inder, or it still is. Uh, this is bath time off of 2015's Soft Things. Inder originally hails from Halifax, but now is calls Newfoundland home. Apparently Grand Falls, Windsor, to be specific. So we'll talk about Mondays soon enough, since it is a Monday evening, but uh, first, uh, some relatively recent disco. And Dimitri from Paris has been a big part of the French house scene for decades. I think he was the one who actually came up with the idea of the terminology French touch. And he started off with a more 60s jet set flair before falling deep into the sounds of the 70s. And actually caught him once uh, in Edinburgh 10 years ago in the midst of his Playboy Mansion house days. Uh, but that night was a disaster for me. So I need some redemption time on the dance floor with him. In 2014, he released a fun little single with DJ Rocca, and that's the alias of Italian, Luca Roccatagliette, head of the Mafia Sound System crew and a former member of the Italian acid jazz act Bossa Nostra. So this will be Dimitri from Paris and DJ Rocca with the original mix of Disco Shake.
My name is David Scott. I play wide receiver for the University of British Columbia football team, and I'm here to discuss the Be More Than a Bystander program. Myself and a few other players were lucky enough to work alongside the BC Lions and EVA, the Ending Violence Association, to support this cause. The main goal of the Be More Than a Bystander initiative is to increase awareness of domestic violence against women. For more information on the cause, please visit endingviolence.org. Are you looking for a way to give back to your community? Right to Play is an international organization that empowers kids through sports. Here at UBC, our volunteers work to provide equal opportunity for sport to children in the Vancouver area. We raise money to support Right to Play's global initiatives because we believe that when children play, the world wins. Check us out on our Facebook page and get involved today so that kids can be kids. From their 1975 album, Radioactivity, that was the legendary Kraftwerk with Uranium. And at the time when Radioactivity came out, there was sort of a dual concept at play there based on its title. So mixing radio waves, like those you may be listening right now, and then the idea of radiation. At this point, though, uh, Radioactivity is likely best known for the latter part, since its title track remains a key part of Kraftwerk's live set, especially based on their... Long-standing comeback. They've been touring extensively for years now. To the point, ooh, got it. <laughs> when did I see them last? Well, it was a couple years ago with their Vancouver. Prior to that, it was 2005 in New York. And that was sort of a welcome back that way. But yeah, Radioactivity, the song itself, has a strong political message with regards to nuclear power. Especially in light of Fukushima, which is now incorporated as part of the live version of the lyrics for that. So now hopefully you had your listening ears on, as I sound like I'm talking to my nieces and nephew, because uh, the coral keyboard pattern in uranium will be one of the key samples to recognize as uh, for the next 20-odd minutes or so before 7 p.m., we'll look at New Order's classic song from 1983, Blue Monday. And at some point, a researcher in England 
had done some <clears throat> studies, and we're going to put that in bunny quotes, studies, that um, the most depressing day of the year is one of the Mondays in January. Now, in some ways, when it was published, it was the third, but sometimes it was the second and the fourth. I believe this is the second one we're currently in right now, but again, I think uh, the science behind that is somewhat tenuous. Anyways, for Blue Monday, the lead singer from New Order, Bernard Sumner, indicated that four songs influenced what would become the best-selling 12-inch of all time. So we're already a quarter of the way there. We're approaching halfway here with the song in the background. And this was the inspiration for the arrangement of Blue Monday. This is Klein and MBO with Dirty Talk, and this is of the 1981 album First. Though at one point it was initially known as Deja Vu. Klein plus MBO was an Italian post-disco act headed up by Mario Boncaldo and Tony Carrasco. And Dirty Talk was believed to have kickstarted the entire Chicago house scene in the 80s as it was spun in the warehouse parties there, along with other Italo disco songs. And this inspired the local producers there in Illinois to come up with their own dance floor fillers. And in some ways, it sort of triggered the Detroit techno scene. So that covers the first two songs that helped build Blue Monday. And we'll listen to the other two, starting off with a song that inspired its bass line. Sylvester James grew up as a gospel singer in the Watts neighborhood of L.A., and this song originally was inspired as a mid-tempo gospel song. However, uh, based on his lifestyle, he moved to San Francisco in the 70s, where he became part of the drag and transgender community. So the church didn't want him. Sounds like his family didn't either. But uh, as he sort of embraced his homosexuality, he uh, also was able to use his uh, church training as he has an impeccable falsetto. After leaving a lot of the drag shows, uh, he formed a rock band before going solo into R&B and dance realms. And the song we're about to hear from 1978 uh, is probably his best one. Um, James died in 1988 due to complications from HIV, and he was only 41 years old. But he was very forward-thinking that all his royalties go towards AIDS research. So from Step 2, his 1978 album, but I think we're going to kick with the original 12-inch mix here. This is the man simply known as Sylvester, with You Make Me Feel Mighty Real. We'll then head over to Germany via Boston for the Queen of Disco. My name is Gak, you're listening to CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver, filling in for the Soul Ship Enterprise. Stick around. We'll try to make your Mondays a little lighter.
to CITR Friday afternoons from 2 till 3.30 for Radio Zero, where your host DJ brings you an eclectic mix of new international pop, ranging from the most fashionably disaffected to the brightest trigger-coated music around, along with a good measure of vintage new wave, punk, and disco to kick off your weekend. That's Radio Zero, Friday afternoons at 2 on 101.9 FM, CITR.
behind me, this is Astrolope with Steiner Parker off last year's Planets and Polygons. And then off her 1979 album, Bad Girls, that was Donna Summer with Our Love, Future Production, and with a longtime producer, Giorgio Moroto. Well, there were a lot of other producers on the Bad Girls album, which was named in part due to one of her assistants being uh, called out on the police as being a prostitute on the sidewalk by accident. The Queen of Disco was born LaDonna Adrian Gaines, and in the 70s, after Marauder produced her singing the highly suggestive 1975 song, Love to Love You Baby, Summer became an insanely popular hit singing type person. Uh, it's great when you mix two thoughts together at the same time and then get that. Anyways, around the time of Bad Girl's uh, double album, which includes the hit song Hot Stuff, Summer was trying to downplay the... Uh, sexualized aspects of her music it was starting to make her a bit uncomfortable however she remained a vital part of both the dance scene and the pop world into the 80s and onwards but Summer died back in 2012 from lung cancer at the age of 63 so the beats from Our Love much like the elements of the past few songs we've heard except uh, Astrolope here was one of the key components used by New Order for their seminal 1983 track Blue Monday and originally, New Order was trying to find a way to avoid doing encores for the live shows, since they loathed the ritual. The band's plan was to come up with a synthesizer track that they could walk out on stage, hit a button, and then just walk right back off. However, over time, uh, as they were working on the song, it developed into something that they kind of dug, and it became uh, their default song to use during encores once they actually finally embraced the idea to do it. Originally, the drum machine used to program the opening rhythm was done incorrectly, and the keyboard player, Julian Gilbert, brought in her melody off the plan beat, but the band preferred all the mistakes to the original plans, and they let the accidents add to the charm of the song. And when it was first released on 12-inch, it was printed on a record sleeve designed to look like a floppy disk. But the original screening process was cost prohibitive to the point that, for a while, Factory Records lost five cents for each copy the record sold. Naturally, Blue Monday became a massive hit, and uh, those costs added up. So, this song has been released, remixed, and covered ever since it first came out. It always brings a smile to most people's faces. And we will slowly get into it, but somehow it actually never appeared on an album. It was just a, a one-off single released in the wake of Power, Corruption, and Lies, but uh, re-releases of that album has that song tracked on. Most people probably picked it up during the 1987 singles compilation called Substance. So, how does it feel to treat me like you do? This will be Blue Monday by New Order. Here. Get ready. Exploding Head Movies starts now.
Exploding Head Movies on CITR 101.9 FM. Thank you.
from their self-titled debut album after a couple years with just EP to their name. That was Vancouver's own Soft Serve with Better Off When You're Gone. And Soft Serve is the project headed by Kyle Thyssen, and they've now expanded to a quartet. And the album Soft Serves features production by Jay Arner. It's a mastering by Josh Stevenson of Destroyer and White Lung fame. The band had their cassette launch party before Christmas. No word yet on additional dates, but I've heard there may be a move in Toronto in the near future. So we'll see what 2016 has in store for those ice cream vendors. And before that, we had a bit of a half-hour look at Blue Monday, the song and its genesis via some of its inspirations. My name is Gak. You're listening to Exploding Head Movies. And if you just tuned in, well, I already started an hour ago, but eventually... Once the podcast gets updated, you can catch up. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver, broadcasting from the UBC Student Nest here at 590 watts from unceded Musqueam Territory to the lower mainland of British Columbia. You can find us on the web at www.citr.ca, where you can listen anywhere the signal takes you. Later on the show... I will profile music from Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu's latest film, The Revenant. And uh, amongst a lot of the other news last night, uh, that was sort of the big award winner at the Golden Globes. For instance, Iñárritu won for Best Director. In the background, we have some damn funk, and this is off last year's Invite the Light. This track is OBE. So, for those of you with a long memory... Uh, this week marks my 8th anniversary here at CITR, although what I'll do is next week I'll sort of hold that off because, well, it was on January 14th, 2008 when things started off. Back then we were known as Radio Free Gak. In 2010, the exploding head movies that you know and respect and occasionally tolerate and perhaps love went to the races and then bet on all the ponies. So the 14th will be this Thursday, which also somehow conveniently lines up with the announcements for what will be the Oscar nominations for the 88th Academy Awards. So based on the overall lack of consensus about what's going on with the award seasons, it doesn't look like there's an obvious contender for 2015, but somehow The Revenant looks to be sort of on the inside curve for that. Now, as is tradition, what we do is once the nominations are announced, uh, each week we will profile the best, or not the best, well, the nominated, uh, the nominees for best scores and songs. And part of me is gambling that Ennio Morricone's first Western score in over 40 years gets a nod, so I can tie in Quentin Tarantino's Hateful Eight for next week's Gax Eighth birthday here at CITR. We'll figure it out. But each year the process morphs a bit. In the past few years, I've profiled some of the orphan songs that weren't recognized for nominees. And of course, once there is a winner, which will be announced on February 28th, uh, we'll do a recap and then highlight something that was ignored. So we do have six weeks to play with this time, so there's some flexibility in place here. And somehow Morricone does get nominated. I might just do a profile of him anyways, because he did win the Golden Globe, his third for best score for The Hateful Eight. So we'll see what happens that way. Otherwise, uh, for music, Sam Smith won for his theme from the recent Bond film, Spectre, Writing on the Wall. So since I've played that, maybe I can try to dig up a cover improvise that way we'll get into some long songs for this next set here of course we're gonna have to kick off with a new one from david bowie and yeah 
amidst everything that was happening last night and the planning for this show, and oddly enough, I had to work until about 4.30 or so in the morning. Uh, Bowie was announced dead, and apparently had been battling cancer for over 18 months. At this point right now, there looks to be a vigil outside his residence in New York as everyone's trying just to process the shock and the loss of perhaps the most preeminent pop trickster we've had. You just think about the various guises he's had. Since in the 60s, he was sort of like a sci-fi folk troubadour, but once space already kicked around, then at that point he was able to expand. And of course, with Ziggy Stardust, he further went into space as he went into glam. But over the years, he became the Thin White Duke. He became fascinated in Philly soul, industrial music in the 90s. Is that 80s pop vein with dance that way before becoming an elder statesman and a frequent collaborator with a lot of folks. So, it was only last Friday on his 69th birthday that uh, the man born as David Robert Jones released his 25th and at this point seemingly his last studio album called Black Star. And uh, in contrast to uh, his previous album, 2013's The Next Day, uh, it veered more experimental, a little bit more avant-garde that way especially since Bowie had started listening to Kendrick Lamar's recent To Pimp a Butterfly as a source of inspiration. And uh, I can sort of compare what I've heard so far to his 1995 album Outside, far far Bowie had strayed. But, of course, in light of his recent death, we can consider Blackstar now almost as his, uh, his own eulogy, as he bid adieu, ascending into the stars himself. So we're going to listen to the title track, which is about 10 minutes long. It was initially released back in November as part of uh, a European crime series called The Last Panthers, a TV series that should be available in North America this spring. And amongst other influences, since I heard jazz, in the case of like Kamasi Washington is excited. Vocally, he sounds like Scott Walker here. But yeah, I think me, like the rest of you, we're still processing the news that how could we lose David Bowie since he seemingly was immortal. But... I look at a profile once the Oscar and the award seasons are done, since uh, he has a strong career in film as well. So, I'll come up with a little bit more context here. There's always some great David Bowie material to rely on, but this will be the late, great David Bowie. May he rest in peace. The man who fell to Earth has attended to the stars. They all look different now. This will be Bowie. With Black Star. You're on Exploding Hit Movie CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. Day of execution, only women even smile. 
Something happened on the day he died A spirit rose a meter and stepped aside Somebody else took his place and bravely cried I'm a black soul, I'm a black soul How many times does an angel fall? How many people lie instead of talking tall? Sacred ground he cried 
out to CITR's Shindig each week to hear the bands duke it out to be the winner of their night. Now, come out to hear the winners compete to make it to the finals. Each semi will feature three of your past winners, with the winners of the semifinals guaranteed a place and a prize in February's final. The first semi is happening on Tuesday, January 12th, featuring the winners from nights 1, 3, and 9, the new National Film Board of Canada, Echuda, and the Psychic Alliance. So come out to Pat's Pub and Brew House at 403 East Hastings at 8 for locally made beer, pool, music, and an epic night. Cover $6 at the door, and the show is 19+. plus. Check out CITR on Facebook or on Twitter at CITR Shindig for all the details. Hey there! This ad caught your attention. It also caught the attention of the coolest people from Squamish to Bellingham. Music fans, students, and members of various cultural communities. If you want your ad to do the same, advertise with CITR and Discorder. If you've got a rad new ad or just something you want to share, whether in print, on air, or online, promote your wares, services, or events with us. Contact us at advertising at CITR.ca or call 604-822-4342. Visit CITR.ca for rates, information, and packages. This is the end of our ad, and if you're still here, we must be doing something right.
from last year's Asunder Suite and Other Distress. That was Godspeed, you Black Emperor, with Peasantry. Or Light. Inside the Light. And Asunder Suite and Other Distress was recorded in Montreal, North Carolina, 2013 and 14, in the wake of their 2012 comeback album, Alleluia, Don't Bend, Ascend. Turn those mugs down. Still need to see them live, but... Uh, Vancouverites will have a unique opportunity later on in the month during this year's Push Festival. It's Vancouver's ongoing Air National Performing Arts Festival, and it starts next Tuesday, January 19th, and it goes until February 7th. And Godspeed, you Black Emperor, will be partnered with the Vancouver-based dance company The Holy Body Tattoo for a little something called Monumental. It'll be for one night only, and that will be Thursday, January 28th at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre. show starts at 8 p.m. on the dot because it is a dance performance. Tickets start at $45. You can get it through Ticketfly or by calling the Push Festival folks. And it is also eligible through your Push Pass. Do a quick look myself. Tickets right now are, at least up front, around the $80, $85 range. So keep your eyes peeled that way. With regards to the staging of Monumental, it begins with nine human figures mounted on pedestals, and Godspeed will be playing live in a trance to the dancers' movements. Behind me, this is Martin Denny, when he flipped from Exotica to Moog of the 1969 album Exotic Moog. This is his take on Vince Guaraldi's Cast Your Fate to the Wind. And I had done a profile on the pianist during the build-up to Christmas, just this past one since it was the 50th anniversary of a Charlie Brown Christmas. That special, which he scored, so... Yeah. Anyways, you're listening to Exploding Hit Movies here on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. And, uh, we got some time now, don't we? All right. We'll see you, Mr. Denny. Oh, before I forget, uh, go to pushfestival.ca on your computer browser or on your smartphone, and you can look at the complete calendar for all the events with regards to the Push Festival. And I'll probably take a closer look in the coming weeks because there's some powerful-looking music-related performances in the calendar there. Now... We have a ticket giveaway. I'll put this on social media as well too shortly since uh, it's helpful to know that way. So uh, the new Charlie Kaufman film, Animalisa, will be screening this January 14th, so this Thursday. And it's an advanced screening since uh, the film actually enters wide release on Friday. So uh, I need to get some details right now because it's nothing like giving a <laughs> giveaway for a ticket for a show. And then you have to find out where it is. But uh, if you haven't heard, Annalise is an interesting little love story. And uh, it's just a you'd expect for an independent play, but uh, it features puppets. So there's a weird bit of, I wouldn't say stop motion, because it actually looks like from the clips I've seen a little bit of marionette work at play there. So I have four tickets to give away. So for those of you listening live right now, you can call 604 Obviously, I have to queue up some songs here, and then, yeah, you can catch Animalisa early. So four passes to give away. Easiest thing for me to do is that they actually are at digital passes. So once I get your name, phone number, if you give me your email address, then uh, we can actually have the passes sent to you. Since what happens is you go to a website, you'll register a code, and then you'll get tickets. So again, this will be for Animalisa this Thursday, January 14th. All right, so... Let's get a couple more songs here. Now, instead of all the long songs I've been playing as of late to the point, I get confused of how long this show is going for since we started at 6. 
will we still go to nine? So we got three shorter songs here as we slowly get more classical, leading up to our profile on the music from the film The Revenant, which itself came out this past Friday. No Joy are a shoegaze quartet from Montreal, and they released their third album, More Faithful, last year, which was partly recorded in Brooklyn and then Costa Rica with Ariel Pink producer Georges Elbrecht. So this has resulted in an expansion in their sounds uh, with uh, little moments of uh, almost sunshine amidst the uh, usual spectacular noise. Hopefully you caught them in town last October when they opened up for Dive. And they themselves put out some new material which I need to share with you. Of course, it helps to listen to it and then have it in one way whatsoever. So anyways, for more Faithful, this will be No Joy with Burial in Twos. Otherwise, yeah, as I said, call 604-822. We'll get the right number of twos in there because, yes, you want to get it right. It's UBC, C-I-T-R, area code 604-822-2487. And, uh, yeah, I'll let you know how many tickets go. Otherwise, we'll tweet this at 100 air. And then, I don't know, I'll put this on Instagram as well, too. We'll figure it out. Anyways, this will be no joy. My name is Gak. This is Exploding Hit Movies here on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. Online at www.citr.ca.
Thousands of opinions are at our fingertips. But are all opinions informed? Does your information have a source? Is your social feed based on fact? Only facts can uncover the truth. Professional journalists are committed to balanced and nonpartisan reporting, to independent commentary. They cut through the spin to give you the information and perspective you need. Journalism is essential to democracy, a watchdog over the powerful, an independent voice. Journalism is more important than ever. Rendez-vous de la Francophonie is an annual celebration that promotes the French language, heritage, and its numerous cultural expressions. It runs March 6th to 22nd in communities across Canada. La Fondation Canadienne pour le Dialogue des Cultures, in partnership with the National Campus and Community Radio Association, through the Community Radio Fund of Canada and this station, present the RBF series. To help celebrate Rendez-vous de la Francophonie, in 2016, 24 campus and community radio stations from across Canada produce a weekly show highlighting Rendez-vous de la Francophonie events and the importance of bilingualism and Francophone culture and history of Canada. For more information, check out www.ncra.ca slash rvf.
We all know that the word jazz means many different things to many different people. So check out the real deal on The Jazz Show at CITR, 101.9 FM, or CITR.ca for live streaming. Yours truly, Gavin Walker, is your host, and I guarantee the straight goods of three hours of jazz at its finest. So come on by and give your ears a musical workout, 9 p.m. Mondays. Don't miss it. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Honkameenam-speaking Musqueam people. Yeah. 
Again, we still have tickets for an advanced preview screening of Animalisa this Thursday. Just call us at 604-822-2487. Give me a little bit of time as I sort of talk here. Anyways, that was an eclectic little set. Started off with No Joy and Burial in Twos. Then we heard another Montreal act that was zigzagging more towards Country Garage. That was Les Revenants avec Bête Luminous, which is French for Bright Beast. And that's off their 2013 album. Just make it plural. Les Bêtes Luminous. I always forget the last uh, consonant is somewhat silent, leading towards the next word. Otherwise, it'd be a betes luminuses, which sounds weird. Anyways, I love Revenant. Their latest album is 2015's Epouvantel, which translates as Scarecrows. I'd definitely like to hear more of that. Especially because I do have a bit of a contrapolitan, not some Texas swing type preferences. Then we close with National off the soundtrack to the second part of the Hunger Games film series. And I almost said trilogy there since there are three books. But four films. So from Catching Fire, we heard Lean. And outside of a bonus track in conjunction of purchase and rental of the documentary about the National called Mistaken for Strangers, uh, which stars lead singers Matt Berninger's goofier and less reliable brother Tom, most of the Cincinnati-born band's activity has been with side projects. Things like El Vi. But the most relevant to our interests is of the Destner brothers, Bryce and Aaron, who typically develop the music that become the songs for the National. Uh, caller, hang on there one second. I'll get to, to our next track here, and we'll pick up there, so stand by. Uh, I'll get more into the Destner Brothers shortly, but in the background, this is Mogwai, with music from the French TV series Les Revenants. From their soundtrack, this is Jaguar. And if you're curious what Revenant means, well... We'll get into a little bit of that once we uh, start talking about the recent film... Starring at Leonardo DiCaprio, but of course at this point we had a band with that name. There was a TV series, and uh, of course all the Golden Globes that were handed out. So a revenant is an European term for someone who has returned from the dead, be it as a visible ghost or a reanimated corpse. So in the French TV series, the plot is based on a whole bunch of people returning to a quiet town in the mountains, spooking those who are alive because uh, everyone else was considered dead by us via means. But we'll touch upon the film definition soon. So to whet our appetite, where the music will go, we'll go with some newish classical music with avant-garde roots. And we'll start off with the local musician and visual artist Ian William Craig. Although he has plenty of albums on his band camp, there are a few releases uh, through the recital label available on iTunes. So from the 2014 album A Turn of Breath, this will be Craig with Either Or. Then we'll start getting into the collaborators on the score to The Revenant, otherwise known as the film Leonardo DiCaprio and a Bear. Again, 604-822-2487. Call now. Tickets for Animalisa for this Thursday, January 14th.
Registration for the AUS Humanities and Social Sciences Conference on Saturday, January 16th is now open. Come hear about all the innovative research that is being conducted by fellow undergraduate students. Anyone and everyone is welcome. For more information, please visit aus.arts.ubc.ca or check us out on Facebook. Join us every Saturday from 8 till noon for Saturday's Edge with your host, Steve Edge, as he guides you on a journey to world and roots music with African, Latin, and European music in the first half, followed by Celtic, blues, songwriters, and Cajun in the second half. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM. It's like having a clown in your head.
behind me. This is a Donato Dazi with cross panorama, and that's off last year's The Loud Silence. Dazi is the alias of Italian producer Donato Scaramuzzi. He's been DJing since the mid-80s, spanning multiple styles and genres. He's also occasionally nicknamed The Professor based on his doctorate in politics, along with his wide depth and breadth of music knowledge. And we just heard Alva Noto from Volume 2 of the Xerox series, X-E-R-R-O-X. That was Xerox Soma. And Alva Noto is the alias of Karsten Nikolai, a German musician who runs the Raster Norton label, and he frequently collaborates with other musicians. For instance, uh, Noto's work with Olaf Benders, known as Diamond Version, and when you pair the two of them together with Frank Brettschneider, that makes signal. When it acts like Noto and Ryoji Ikida, they're known as Cyclo, and some other projects, uh, well, there are no names for them. He's also worked with Scanner, Blixa Belgard, Opiate, and Michael Nyman on separate projects. Noto has also worked with Ryuchi Sakamoto regularly in the past. And I'll talk a little bit more of that once we actually hear some of the work together. And of course, the two of them collaborated with Bryce Dessner on the score to The Revenant. So before we get to The Revenant properly, since I just seem to tease things all the time, I want to highlight an album that came out in 2014 that features Bryce and Aaron Dessner. Two of the brothers from seemingly a very brotherly act called The National. And uh, they collaborated with Richard Reed Perry of the Arcade Fire and Bell Orchestra on a project that involves composing music that's played tied to the musician's heartbeats and breathing. So Perry released the Music for Heart and Breath album through Deutsche Grammophon, and it touched upon a theory that somehow had not been tackled before. And this is from uh, Richard Reed Perry's website. Very soft, very quiet music. Musicians performing it. Every note you hear is either in sync with the heartbeat of the person playing it, the breathing of the person, or one of the surrounding persons playing it. So what you hear when this music plays is played precisely in time with someone's quiet internal rhythms. That's brought to musical life by a handful of different ensembles. So the main piece on this album release involves a nonet called the Heart and Bright Breath Nonet. So I'm going to play two parts from it, and I'll talk over a third. We'll listen to Richard Reed Perry here, along with New York's Y Music Ensemble, along with Bryce and Aaron Dessner. This will be part one of the Heart and Breath Nonet, known as Miniature One. We'll follow up with part four, and I'll talk over part seven. Otherwise, there's a chance I may have actually figured out how the phones work at this station. Because we still have tickets for Animalisa. Again, 604-822-2487. Bear a little patience with me. This old man here has to try to figure out how to pick up the phone without having a handset. Well, it's apparently four buttons, a microphone, and faith. My name is Gak. This is Exploding Him. He's here on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver.
All right, we heard two of the short movements there. So from Richard Reed Perry's music for Heart and Breath, we heard parts one and four. Miniatures one and two. As I talk over part seven in the background here, freeform winds and string drones. The music in these parts were formed by Richard Reed Perry, Y Music, the New York Ensemble, Bryce and Aaron Dessner. And the album also features uh, some collaboration work with the composer Nico Mulli, and then a piece performed by the Kronos Quartet, all using the same methodology, which apparently included the players wearing stethoscopes to listen to their own heart beating and their lungs breathing. As I said before, sometimes the performers follow one player's body as the metronome, whilst others, everyone kind of goes at their own pace. Kind of makes sense, because I think over time people tend to naturally breathe in the same patterns, barring health issues and whatnot that way. I think it's fascinating to hear winds here, because uh, Perry had indicated that uh, he'd aim for strings first, because uh, the problem when you're playing brass or woodwinds is that your breathing is already skewed that way to the point that you actually are playing with your breath. As for uh, Perry's primary gig, uh, there was a re-release of Arcade Fire's most recent album, Reflector, which itself featured a uh, short little David Bowie cameo. But uh, the news track was released. I still need to share that with you in a future show, see as I try to figure out what else was included with it. Now, for soundtracks that are out, um, some of the websites I rely on tend to update their lists kind of late, which is hard because my show is on a Monday. Uh, the soundtracks now are similar to other record releases where they came out on Friday. I mean, it was easier when things were released on Tuesdays. It still feels weird to have an arbitrary day of the week to have something. So in addition to um, The Forest by Mara Curry last week, The Square to Diablo by Timothy Williams was released on Milan Records, and then Daniel Bellardinelli's Music for the Lamb was released through Movie Score Media. For this week, Canadian composer Michael Dano's music for Remember comes out, and then Christopher Leonard's for Ride Along 2 through Backlot Music. As re-releases go, there's a lot of sci-fi on the cart. Uh, there's a vinyl pressing of James Horner's music for Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. There's James Horner passed away last year after doing hundreds of uh, action movie scores. Continuing on to the Star Trek front, uh, Volume 2 of the Next Generation Collection is out. A limited printing of 3,000 units featuring multiple composers. The German composer Peter Thomas, a triple shot of Die Weibchen, Oh Happy Day, and Engel die Ich Flügen Verbrennen comes out. Doctor Who fans will have a remastered and expanded version of Mark Ayres' score for Ghostlight. And then Alexander Desplat's music for the Illusion Defense comes out through Silva, America. All right, you're listening to Exploding Head Movies here on CITR Vancouver with the last half hour we have here on this Superside episode. We finally get into The Revenant, which is this week's profile. It was the big winner at last night's Golden Globes Awards uh, before we promptly forgot about them in the wake of parsing David Bowie's death. And uh, it was in, put into release finally uh, last Friday. It was part of the festival circuit for a time. And the film is based on the life of 19th century frontiersman for trapper Hugh Glass. And in the film, he's portrayed by Leonardo DiCaprio. And it's based on an interrogation novel about him written by Michael Punk called The Revenant, a novel of revenge. And Glass was part of an exploration team going through the Dakotas in Montana when they were attacked by the Arakara tribe, forcing the survivors to escape in the forest where Glass was then attacked by a bear and then seemingly left for dead. Though a couple people remained to watch over him. 
without going into further detail since the film just came out. Although uh, you've probably seen the trailers involving the bear attack and all these wonderful, sumptuous outdoor landscape panoramas partly filmed here in BC. Glass ends up having to fend for himself with his injuries as he tries to return to civilization. Now, Glass's story was told once before on film, and that was for 1971's Man in the Wilderness, which starred Richard Harris and John Huston. And for The Revenant, director Alejandro González Inarritu went back to uh, a person's music that he relied on in the 2006 film Babel. And this was a track I had shared previously on a profile, the Bibo no Azora, as done by Ryuchi Sakamoto. And uh, Sakamoto penned music for The Revenant, uh, and it marked one of his first projects since being sidelined with throat cancer, which allowed him to take his first hiatus ever since going back to the days in the 70s as part of the Japanese New Wave Act, the Yellow Magic Orchestra. Uh, prior to working on The Revenant, uh, Sakamoto worked on the Japanese movie Haha to Kraseba. And uh, yeah, if you check the Exploding Head movie archives on CITR.ca, you can look up some of the music we've profiled in the past, like his Oscar-winning score to 1987's The Last Emperor, and then uh, a 2014 Christmas show tied to a very unholiday 1983 film, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. And guess what? That also starred David Bowie. David Bowie was in a lot of our pop culture, as uh, hopefully I'll share with you in the coming weeks. Now, in 2010, during a tour stop in Los Angeles, Sakamoto met up with Inarito, and he invited him to a concert he was at, so they allowed them to finally meet. And then last April, Inarito asked Sakamoto to come up with a look at some of the early prints for The Revenant, and uh, he had used a lot of Sakamoto temp tracks for editing. So as I've mentioned throughout the show, Sakamoto wasn't the solo composer on the score, but uh, I'll get into more detail with that, but he provides most of the solo material on the soundtrack release, which you can get through Milan Records. So we'll begin with a few of his cues before we expand the partnership and the collaboration. So from The Revenant, uh, the score was performed by the Berlin-based collective Stargaze. And we'll listen to Ryuchi Sakamoto's here with the atmospheric version of the main theme from The Revenant before we listen to some more of his cues on his own and we start bringing some of the other guys out of the woodwork.
So from The Revenant, we heard Ryushi Sakamoto first with The Revenant main theme. Done atmospherically, and then Glass and Buffalo Warrior Travel. Glass and Buffalo Warrior Travel. And behind me, ever so faintly, the cue called Out of Horse Plays. Kind of alludes to a falsified event. At least based on the history that has been written up about the character, or the actual Hugh Glass person in real life history. Something that's always fun to take a look into. Because sometimes history, I'm not sure if it's boring, but sometimes it's maybe not translatable onto film. You think about the uh, liberties that have been taken across almost every biopic. Anyways, uh, during the discussions with uh, director Inarito, Sakamoto realized that he needed to generate a lot of music for the film, ranging from strings to heavy electroacoustic music. Hopefully you have a chance to uh, listen to this via headphones, because uh, there's always a slight crackling with some of the tracks there. From Rolling Stone and Vanity Fair interviews, uh, the keyword that Sakamoto used was gigantic with regards to the amount of music he needed to write, so he tapped some collaborators to help out, partly since he was still recovering from his cancer therapy which at this point sounds to be completely gone. But in the case of Bryce Dessner, the search was uh, for someone who specialized in minimalist strings to help with certain sonic textures on behalf of the director, Inaritu. So along with the bits that I shared with you already from Dessner, be it with the National or then his work with Richard Reed Perry, and at some point I want to share his uh, 13 or 14 minute piece that Dessner did himself called St. Caroline by the Sea, which was performed by the Copenhagen Philharmonic Orchestra and released through none such, so... Maybe another point when I have three hours to kill and, yeah, maybe not fill it with always <laughs> the most random things. Anyways, um, let's listen to one of the Destner pieces from The Revenant, and this track will be Looking for Glass. And then we'll follow up with the first collaboration featuring Alva Noda and Bryce Destner.
We just heard Alvanoto and Bryce Desner with Hawk Punished. He mixes Desner's strings with Noto's electroacoustic work. In the background this is Ryushi Sakamoto and Alvanoto with Second Dream. Sakamoto Note had worked extensively in the past, and the Revenant reunites him for the first time in, well, four or five years. Because between 2002 and 2011, Sakamoto and Nikolai released five discs of contemporary ambient music, featuring some intriguing material. But Sakamoto is primarily on the piano improvising, and the Noto provides a lot of glitchy, gorgeous moments. Now, for director Inaritu with The Revenant, I relied on his uh, frequent uh, choreographer, choreographer, cinematographer, Manuel Lubezki, to help out with concocting some long scenes, and they aim for natural light to help out that way. So just imagine some of the music here, in contrast to long scenes with featuring not so many cuts. Just think about uh, past films like Gravity or Children of Men, along those same lines. So we'll touch upon the other collaborative combinations here. And oddly enough, Destner's parts were recorded separately with some input from Inaritu, so the collaboration effort was a little bit more remote or distended that way. So we're starting off this last set here with Ryuchi Sakamoto and Bryce Destner. This will be the final fight before we finally get all three of them together for one last track.
Right, so we started off with Ryuchi Sakamoto and Bryce Destner with Final Fight, and then we heard Sakamoto, Destner, along with Alvinoda there with Cat and Mouse. And behind me, we have a different version of the Revenant theme. Just Sakamoto and Noto here. And this is just what's called the Alvinoto remodel of the theme from Revenant. Now, with all those people involved, Sakamoto, Noto, and Destner, they were actually nominated for Best Score in last night's Golden Globes, although they lost it to another Western, Ennio Morricone's The Hateful Eight. The Revenant score is not eligible for an Oscar. It was left off of the long list of nominated scores because there are too many composers. The Motion Picture Arts Academy uh, has some strict conditions about what's considered eligible score. So there's things about percentage of score used in combination with other music used throughout it. And in this case, too many composers, because I think the idea of a single vision is part of it. Uh, aside from that loss, though, from the Golden Globes last night, The Revenant took home awards in the other three categories it was nominated in. So it's director Alejandro Gonzalez Inarritu, star Leonardo DiCaprio, and then the top award of the night, Best Dramatic Motion Picture. So this may put The Revenant in the pole position for the Oscars, and the nominations for the 88th ceremonies will be announced this Thursday, January 14th, at 5.30 in the morning. So prepare yourselves, because in the coming weeks, Exploding Head Movies... We'll start profiling the best score and song nominees. Of course, this right now, can't tell you exactly what will happen next week, but uh, since it will be the 8th anniversary, and since Ennio Morcone won for the Hateful Eight, might as well just put 8 and 8 together and see what happens. So, that's going to be it for Exploding Hit Movies this week. Coming up at 9 o'clock, just a few short minutes away, is the jazz show with Gavin Walker, and he'll take you to midnight. So stay tuned to CITR for three hours of quality jazz. If you missed any of this week's episode, just check out the Exploding Head Movies webpage at www.citr.ca. If not, you can always subscribe to the podcast. And I think it seems to be working since there was a bit of a cutover that happened as we changed how the feed worked. You can follow me on Twitter at 100air. And Exploding Head Movies is also on Facebook and Tumblr. You can email me anytime, radiofreegack at gmail.com. So we'll close with uh, another person who recently died in the music world, and that's Pierre Boulet. French composer and conductor. He was an enfant terrible for the last half of the 20th century as his dictums for integral serialism, controlled chants, and electronic music rankled against the old guard. And frequently he rewrote his music to be more confounding and dense. And Boulay died uh, this January 5th at his home in Baden-Baden at the age of 90. So at some point I'm going to dig up some of the more insane Boulay, but let's go to 1984 here with a shorter piece. This is the Ensemble Orchestre Contemporain as conducted by Daniel Kauka off of the 2011 album Memorial Derive 1 and Derive 2. This is Boulet with Derive 1, a piece from 1984 for six instruments. Take care of yourselves, Vancouver, and hopefully your Monday wasn't that blue. Rest in peace, Starman.
You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show with Gavin Walker coming right up. <laughs> 